This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Bing bong. What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. And boy, I know that's a Knicks thing, but it's trending right now, and I love saying it. So I'm going to say it again. Bing bong. Rockets beat the Nets. Yes, sir. Seven in a row for our Rockets here. And my co-pilot, Michael Brown, I know you're excited about this. Dude, I'm sitting alone in my house watching this game, jumping up and down in the fourth quarter multiple times. What the hell is going on? Well, what's going on is... I'm at a loss. I mean, I I definitely tweeted out before the game we were going to win this game by at least three. Um, Well, they won by, I believe, 10, right? 114, 104? We have yeah, we have so many things to talk about tonight. I like I don't even know where to start, but I'm just excited. 
And I believe we need to go back and look you and I at the record projection that I had. I know I didn't get it right, but I think at what, seven and 16, like I'm in the ballpark, right? No. Well, I'd like no, to, Mike, you're not. well, you know what? Revisionist history. I'd like to think I was close. So just you, let me well, have we that talked moment. about, we talked about the first 20 games and you said nine and 11. Okay, they're seven and sixteen. I'm in the I'm in the vicinity. Now they're eight the and sixteen with the win tonight. They're eight and eight 16. and sixteen. My sincerest of apologies. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not talk about the history though. Let's talk about tonight. Yes, let's talk about the current events, the what's happening right now. And man, we could go in so many different directions right here. But I guess let's start with. I mean, because I'm thinking like, you know, usually there's like one standout player that we can you know, immediately just start the show off of. But tonight, I think we have two. And and you can make an argument for a third. Uh, you know, Eric Gordon, Garrison Matthews, and Josh Christopher. Should We should, you know what we should do? We should take a game ball, carve it into three, and then give them a third of a game ball. Because all three of those guys, the Rockets, do not win this game without all of their efforts. Yeah, I think. And then secondarily, I think you got to talk about Christian Wood giving you a double-double. You talk about DJ Augustine coming in and hitting a couple massive buckets. I mean, but Josh Christopher, the birthday boy, I think you got to start there. Yeah, tonight. Josh Christopher, a career-high 18 points, was perfect from the field, 7 of 7, also hit four threes. And then he had that uh, that oop from DJ Augustine at the end. Like, what was that? I mean, that was filthy. I mean, that it's play filthy. was filthy. I mean, I don't know what dunk I like more. That one, or the one at the end of the third from Josh Christopher to KJ Martin, who went up yeah. left-handed. Okay, so there's two revelations I have about tonight. I want your opinion on both. Number one, KJ Martin should be in the NBA dunk contest this year. I don't know how we go about this. We talked about doing this a couple of years ago, but I think we need to do it this year. Because name me five guys that fly above the rim like he does. Like you and I watching a basketball, he deserves to be in that. I he feel does. like I think he'd be, I think he'd be fantastic. And the second that uh, opinion, I want your take on because that's what we're here to do. I'm pretty sure Garrison Matthews should go to the All Star game this year. Like I'm sold. I don't need to see anything else. Garrison Matthews for the All Star game 2022. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that. Far. I said. I know. I'm I'm saying tongue in cheek. I'm just but saying I gotta how say phenomenal this, he was tonight. So no, everybody out there listening, I don't want. I, he's not going to be an all star, but you could call him the savior of the season so far. The like, fact where that are he's we getting without, without Garrison Matthews in December is awesome. It's so it is cool. crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. So cool. It is very yeah. cool. I love it. The, very cool. I will say that. Yeah. But check like who had that on their bingo card. Garrison Matthews began an MVP chance in December. Definitely not me. And I, just, I definitely think that bugged James Harden a little bit. It had to. It would bug me. Oh, the steal at the end. The steal at the end, by the way, where they rolled the ball out. Garrison Matthews goes and gets it. And then Harden fouls him. Oh, that was so pretty. That Which was led so to his MVP chance on the free throws. And yeah. I think it's just a matter of, like, like, I think that this team is just, you know, Josh Christopher was talking about it in his post-game interview with Kaylee. Um, you know, they they just refuse to lose. And a lot of those guys have that mindset on this team. You know, Jay Sean Tate, uh, 
Christian Wood, Garrison Matthews, all undrafted guys that have a chip on their shoulder. Armani Brooks, another undrafted guy with a chip on their shoulder. That's four of the five guys in the starting lineup that were undrafted coming into the league. And then you have, uh, obviously, Eric Gordon, who who did his part tonight. And then his ejection, which I do think, you know, helped spark that run. The Rockets nearly blew this one, Mike. I mean, we could be talking a much more melancholy tone had that turnaround not happened that really started when Eric Gordon got ejected with about six minutes to go. Yeah, and he deserved to get tossed. Tonight, look, I love EG. EG's playing some of the best basketball of his career. You watch this game from beginning to the end, though, EG was talking way too much. Way too much. I don't blame him to a certain extent, but that's part of his mantra. That's what Eric Gordon does. I, I hate the fact that he does it. I hate when Harden was here when he did it. I hate that all these guys do it. Jay Sean Tate talked too much. There's a lot of talking going on tonight. But Eric Gordon did the Lord's work, you know, and, and he, you know, removed himself from the situation to allow a guy like Josh Christopher on his birthday to come back into the game and finish strong. You know, I actually I actually like it. I like that there is a little bit of uh, of drama out of a mostly mild mannered Eric Gordon. You know, this team had every reason to fold when they lost 15 in a row. And yeah. Now that now that they've kind of put this whole thing together, um, winning seven in a row, this team like they 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 act like they're playing for something every night. And whether or not they actually are doesn't matter to these guys. These guys are playing as if. And I do think that maybe tonight's game had a little bit more meaning to some of those guys, especially Jay Shante, Eric Gordon, definitely Eric Gordon, um, maybe even Steven Silas as well. Um, and Silas mentioned at the beginning of the game, you know, I mean. We can say, oh, yeah, the Rockets beat the Nets. Oh, the, you know, the Nets who are first place in the East and all that. But, I mean, we do need to point out the fact that they didn't have Kevin Durant. Um, they didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge, although the, I don't know how much LaMarcus Aldridge would have made a difference in this game. But Kevin Durant definitely would have made a difference in this game. But the fact well, is they also didn't you have take Joe the Harris. win regardless. You take the win yeah. regardless. Yes, you know. Maybe when we go up to Brooklyn, if they have, you know, Kevin Durant and James Harden, maybe it will uh, tend into the favor of Brooklyn. But tonight, like the Rockets, they get this win and it it gives them a lot of confidence, I think, more yeah. than more than any of the previous six games. If I if I could ask, if I could add, because I think I think James Harden and I think that whole, you know, psychological effect, I do think that had um, some resonation within the Rockets, you know, Josh Christopher and James Harden are extremely close. I do think that that might've played part into why, you know, why he played as well as he did tonight. So, you know, this team plays with a lot of passion. They play with a lot of, you know, they play a lot of unselfish basketball, which I think is important. And while, you know, I think they said it on the broadcast tonight, you know, this team doesn't have a great player on the team, but also keep in mind, you know, no Kevin Porter tonight, no Jalen Green tonight. Like the guys that are supposed to be leading this team weren't here tonight. And the Rockets are so they're they're playing this inspired version of basketball right now that is is something to take note. And it's what I said at the beginning of the season, where the Rockets are going to be a trap game for a lot of teams. And I think that the Nets got caught in the trap tonight. 
Yeah, don't forget. I mean, the Rockets are playing without a guy in Daniel House who's been playing great basketball the past 10 days. Uh, the Nets were playing without Joe Harris. But I don't, give it, I don't care about any of that. You line it up and you play with who you got. And the Rockets came out and punched the Nets in the mouth tonight. And I'll tell you this, man. What I love about this team, and Jeremy, you tell me if you see this as well, they just have a bunch of Mario Wellies and Sam Cassells on this team. Like Josh Christopher, uh, Shingoon, uh, yeah. Jay Shante. They're just dogs, man. Like, are they the team. best? You know, are they the best players in the league? No. But I'll tell you this you want to line up, you want to have a street fight with the Rockets, and I would take my top three. You know, you put Jay Shante, you give me Josh Christopher, and you give me. Uh, I mean, whoever else in a, in a street fight, I'll take, I like the Rockets in that fight. Let me just put it that way. They just don't give up, man. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big just, part. That's a big part of it, Mike, is that, is that you need a team that is, is not going to fold. You need, you need guys on there that aren't just going to fold when yeah. things go south for a little bit. And this streak, I think will help them when they do face darker times down the line, you know, um, when they do face those days in, in March when they've, you know, played so many games together and, and it's, it's, they've been stripped of all of the veterans that uh, will go play elsewhere and in trades and whatnot. And I mean, I think, I mean, at this point, we're going to look back on these games in December and we're going to say, look at those games, play like you did there and you can get a win here. Yeah. And I think first, let me give, a guy like Ryan Holland, some credit, because I don't think we've talked about this guy on this show enough. I was not a big fan of that hire at the beginning of the year. I've really liked to grow. I've really grown to like Ryan Hollins. I think Ryan Hollins is pretty solid. Um, yeah, Ryan's is Ryan Hollins is someone I hope we can get on the podcast soon. And uh, yeah. you know, he did he did spend time on uh, on the safe space over on Twitter. Uh, I think it was maybe like I want to say it was like two weeks ago almost. And I was listening because it was after the Hornets game. That's what it was. And Ryan just stepped in and he talked about, yeah. you know, he stayed there with the fans for like three hours. He's fun. Like yeah. into, into the night on a Saturday, on a Saturday. And yeah. he explained his journey coming into the league. And, um, you know, like he, he was only, he only played varsity his senior year of high school. And then he went to UCLA like last minute and then like, didn't play a whole lot at UCLA and then, but found a way to get good there. And then was like the 50 something pick in his draft class and fought his way into a 10 year career. And his broadcasting career on top of that has also been kind of a grind. And I think his journey is, you know, once he was explaining his journey and like sharing his story, that that's when I understood why he was hired by the Rockets because his career and his journey are very much synonymous to what the Rockets are going through right now. You know, they're, they're facing a lot of adversity. And I think that, you know, Holland's being, you know, the success story that he was, you know, considering that he wasn't supposed to even get to college, let alone to a really good college, let alone to the NBA, let alone play 10 years in the NBA. And he found a lot of success through just working his ass off. And I think that's what the Rockets are doing here. The hard work that they've put in, you know, they've gone through the pains and now they're growing. And I think that 
his story lines up with what the Rockets are doing, and he is a great vehicle to help tell the story of the Rockets this season and hopefully uh, many seasons to come. He's, he's been a great addition to the podcast. Yeah, and him, and him and Ackerman are just fire together. But one thing that Holland said tonight is you're seeing these guys grow before our eyes. And to compare it to another team here in the city of Houston, the difference between a team like the Texans and what the Rockets are doing is that they're growing their talent. Like they're, they address the fact that we're tearing it down. They've torn it down. They've now got these guys. They have great talent evaluators. How in the world does Garrison Matthews not start this season on a team is insanity. So look at the roster tonight, right? You look at what the Rockets have. You sign Christian Wood to a three-year, $42 million deal. Phenomenal find. You found Armani Brooks undrafted. You found Jayshon Tate uh, in Australia. You drafted Josh Christopher. You drafted KJ Martin. Uh, you acquired DJ Augustine and kept him around because they foresaw the need for a veteran point guard on this team. Drafted Shengun. That's impressive. Like that's an impressive. Yeah, this is all of Rafael Stone's finds today. Now I'm yeah. not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready to to give him executive of the year. I'm not ready to do that yet. I mean, it's seven wins in a row, which is awesome. But it's night like it's nights like tonight that you look at it and you're like, okay, I can get down with this team. I can I can I can get funky with this with these guys because it's easy to get behind a guy like Garrison Matthews and Jay Sean Tate. Like it's just I think tonight I hope that tonight for a lot of fans is is like a symbolic it's a symbolic movement from one era to the next. You know, I think a lot of people are still kind of holding on to, you know, what they have left of the Harden era. And this is a sign that, you know, the Harden era is over and we're going to be okay. We're going to be just fine. And I hope that other fans feel that way, um, at least a little bit more tonight. But enough from us. Let's hear from some other people here at Spotify Greenroom. Uh, we've got a couple of speaker requests. We're going to start off with Mauricio here. Mauricio, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Mauricio, can you hear us? Mauricio! Mauricio going once, Mauricio going twice, and no Mauricio. Let's hope we can get him elsewhere. But we've got Sergio here. Let me bring up Sergio to the show. Welcome to the show, Sergio. How are you doing? Oh, is it a day to be a Texan? Texan? Texan. Or a Rocket. This is a Houston Rockets podcast, sir. Oh, I mean, like a Texan in general, because, you know, oh. I forgot to say Houston native, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, you and I, Jeremy, you and I, like, at the same time. Uh, what are we doing this, here? This is a Wendy's, sir. Or yeah. this is the dream take, a Houston Rockets podcast. But, Sergio, <laughs> let's talk Rockets. What you got? Oh, man. I, well, first of all, I didn't really get to watch the game because I had a varsity game tonight. It's okay now, but once I finished, I saw that. You know, Gary Burr showed up, and I figured this is what we need. A perfect rotation for everyone to get their minutes. Let the underdogs put. Yeah, Jeremy, we haven't even talked about the greatest nickname possibly in the history of sport. 
the fact that they call him Gary Bird is fantastic. Yeah, you know, we've been kind of <laughs> we've been kind of like thinking like because you know I think once he got to the starting lineup and started playing a couple of games, you're like, okay, like this guy's gonna stick. Uh, we need to get a nickname for him. And I think I think I want to I want to give credit to uh, I I, I want to give credit to the correct person of who came up with it. I I don't know if it was Craig Ackerman. I want to say it was. Yeah. I hope it was because that's who I think it is. But whoever came up with it, whether it was Craig Ackerman or or whoever, uh, props to you, man. That's that's a pretty good nickname. Um, but also like like to kind of add some substance to this conversation, um, you know, Garris Matthews is on a two way contract and he's going to need to get that converted soon. There's absolutely no way the Rockets are not letting that happen, and the Rockets are going to have to make a move here soon. Um, similar to how Daniel House earned his or earned his spot on the Rockets uh, a few years ago, I think in the 2018-2019 season. Um, and we brought that up a couple episodes ago, but I think now I think it's a sh- sure surefire f- conclusion that they are definitely going to keep Garris Matthews. And I- I'd expect him to stay in the starting lineup now for the rest of the season simply because, I mean, once Jalen Green and Kevin Porter come back, I- I'd imagine they move Eric Gordon to the bench. But – um, you know, it's interesting because also we don't know when they're going to come back. So these guys might be out for a while. And I mean, but a move has to be made to get Garrison Matthews on the full-time roster. I'm not sure who that's going to be, Mike, but I mean, what do you think, what do you think the Rockets do? I think there's an obvious answer, but, um, what do you think? Yeah. Wave house. No, I don't think Wave it's house. Waving house. I think it's, I think it's finding a new home for Daniel Tice. Uh, I think that there's enough teams in the league that could use some front court help. And I think that's the immediate move because that gives the best sort of PR for the Rockets with a veteran guy like a Daniel Tice, where it's very clear he's not a part of the rotation. Immediately find him a new home and get what and get what you ever get whatever you can for him. The secular move, I think, yes, is trading. Uh, or releasing Daniel House or trading or releasing House or trading House. Well, they'll try to find a trade for him before they just outright waive him. I'm sure they'll try to find something for him. But I mean, I I would, I think, you know, the obvious answer, I think is what Sergio mentioned and it's waive House or find a new home for House. But, um, you know, the thing with Daniel Tice is if you're shipping him out, you got to get a front court guy in return because it's not, it, it can't just be house and Shingun uh, moving forward. It's got to, there's got to be a third option, even if he doesn't play a whole lot. And I'm sure that once the two way guy, um, like once Matthews vacates the two way spot and becomes a member of the active roster, I do think that their next two way player will be a big, I don't know exactly who that could be, um, but given the lack of depth, at the center spot, I'd imagine that there is some um, so there is agree. some home for it. And, and look, there is Usman Garuba too once he gets healthy again. So they they won't be like totally stripped if they do decide to waive Tice um, or or find a new home for Tice, I should say. But yeah, like I think that's going to be a move that the Rockets are going to be making here pretty soon. Um, there's also like a third option that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, and that's to find a new home for DJ Augustine. And I think, you know, as much as I wouldn't want to get rid of DJ Augustine, I mean, obviously he's not going to, I'd imagine that 
he doesn't spend the full season with the Rockets. They will look to shop him uh, throughout the trade season. Um, but if Josh Christopher can play like he did tonight, he's not going back to the G League. Like, no. he is going to have to stay. And and that would have to mean sending DJ Augustine out would help help give Josh Christopher those minutes. Yeah, I think an obvious trade partner for me, want your opinion on this, is Indiana. Like, Indiana makes so much sense. No, no, it doesn't. It makes zero it sense. It makes all the sense. It makes zero sense. Why? You wouldn't well, take... You I'll, I'll mention that, but I, I want to get Sergio some time here because I, I want to like I, I want to include him. But like Sergio, is there anything else that you'd like to mention before we talk about Indiana for a second? All right, uh, Rafael, so not listening. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Okay, uh, Rafael, Stone, if you're listening to this, uh, please remove Daniel Tice completely off the team and get rid of Daniel House. And you know, there's someone in Indiana that actually could be useful. You know, I think that Karis LeBert I would actually pretty much like. If not a mouse turn. Interesting. Yeah. All right, thank you, Sergio. And I'm about to explain why trading with Indiana makes absolutely zero sense. Well, he mentioned – I'm not talking about LeVert. I'm talking about front court help. You know, I mean, I would take Sabonis. I would take Miles Turner. I would take okay. Malcolm Brogdon. I would take any one of those three guys. And you have but guys – why? Why? Because you just said you needed front court help if you're getting rid of Tice. Okay, but you're not going to play Wood with Turner. You're not going to play Wood. Like, Sabonis is not, like, no. Like, just no. Like, I, I don't, like, the Rockets are rebuilding still. Like, we're still in a rebuild. The guys that Indiana are going to be trading with, the teams that Indiana's going to be trading with are contenders right now. Golden State, those teams. They're going to be the ones hitting up Indiana. The Rockets have no business doing that because the Rockets, as we've just mentioned, they have all these fines that they want to play. And why would you trade any of those guys away for guys that are making Indiana? Like the reason why Indiana is trying to blow it up right now is because these really good players. Yes, I I think that these players are good. Sabonis is an all-star. Turner should be an all-star pretty much. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon can't be traded this season anyway, but these guys are supposed to be good players, but look at where Indiana is in the standings. They've taken that team as far as it can go, and it's not good enough. That's why they're blowing it up. That's exactly why the Rockets blew it up when they did, because James Harden took that team as far as it could go. And Indiana and Houston have no business together as trade partners. They don't. Just because a team is looking to trade assets doesn't mean the Rockets are automatically a, a team to trade with it like not every team is meant to be a trade partner for everybody it, it's exactly why john wall still on the rockets kemba walker still with the knicks um and kyrie irving still with uh brooklyn like and ben simmons is still with philly like it's like just because it's so easy for people like us to just send people away because to us their names and places they're not like actual people with lives and, you know, and it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the Rockets to trade him because they've already bought into Christian Wood and Christian Wood, we know only, like works best as the sole big on the floor. So why are we going to get another big for him? 
it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me why the Rockets would even touch Indiana with a 10-foot pole. So it, you're, so, but you said you would trade – if you trade Tice, you need front court help. Are you saying you need more of a backup? Yes, you need oh. a backup because okay. Tice is a backup. No, I'm just I'm, – You don't just bet, trade I'm, Tice I'm betting and get Miles Turner. No, you're not going to – It doesn't work tra- like that. No, but – it depends on what Indiana would want. I'm just throwing Indiana out as a team that's looking to move pieces just as the Rockets are. That's why the Rockets are one of the most fascinating teams at the deadline because they can go in 17 different ways. Could they move? As a for- seller. As a seller, not as a buyer. Let me ask you. Okay. But let me ask you a question. You, Jeremy Brenner, you, you move into the front office. You're making calls with Raphael Stone. What do you want to be at the deadline? I want to be a seller. I want to get the highest bidder for Eric Gordon. I want to get the highest bidder for Daniel House. I want to get the highest bidder for DJ Augustine. I want to get the highest bidder for Daniel Tice. And I'd be okay if we kept Daniel Tice, to be honest, because I think that he will be uh, trade eligible. Because I think that – I don't necessarily think Daniel Tice is going to be an easy person to trade simply because – he has a three-year contract at least, and with a fourth-year, uh, I believe it's a, I believe it's a team option for the fourth year or an unguaranteed or non-guaranteed fourth year. But like to move that contract is going to be difficult. Eric he's Gordon's also- contract, just just like how Eric Gordon's contract has been so hard and difficult all this time because he's had so many years on it. Now he's at a point where he's playing really well, and he only has two years left, including this year. So he's going to be a lot easier to move now. And look, the Rockets' goal should be to get as many future assets for what they what they currently have. The current assets that will help contending teams this season for future assets in the form of picks. And that's Indiana is looking for picks too. That's why Houston and Indiana do not make sense as trade partners because we both want the same thing at the end of the day. I still think, I agree with you that they need to act as majority sellers I wouldn't mind. Sellers. If, it doesn't no, they are sellers. To... No, but there are they are sellers. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that if the right trade comes about, I wouldn't mind them being buyers as well. It depends on the situation. It depends on what they're being offered. But you can't give up that much. Like just because they're two and a half games away from the playing game doesn't mean you go and fight for the playing game. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying because all you get I'll, from I'll going you... to the playing game is a congratulations, you get to play more than 82 games this year. And if you make it past the play-in game, then you get swept by Golden State. That's not like something that the Rockets are going for here. I'll give you a perfect example. If the Lakers called and were interested in Eric Gordon, okay? Just put that out there. The Lakers have absolutely zero trade assets that I would want. Taylor Horton Tucker, you wouldn't take? No. He can't be traded, Mike, until March. Until the deadline. I'm saying at no, the deadline. No, no, Mike. The deadline is before Taylor Horton Tucker can be traded. That's I why the Lakers it. are screwed this year because they have absolutely zero assets that any other team wants, and they need assets. When's the, the deadline? Current, the current formation of their team is a bunch of retirement players. When's the deadline? It's in February. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought that the – I knew the March thing, but I thought the deadline was at the – His contract is exactly – like. His contract is the exact same as Malcolm Brogdon's, which is why neither of those guys can get traded this season because of when they signed their deal and how they signed it. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why that don't really matter. All that matters is they can't get traded this season. So the the Lakers are stuck with Taylor Horton Tucker if they if they really you know wanted to move him, which I don't think they would. Um, he's their only 
young asset that's, you know, legit. But look, the Rockets, the Lakers are not like, uh, the Lakers are just not a team I'm willing to deal with right now. The Pacers are not a team that makes sense for the Rockets right now. It's the same with the Blazers. You know, the Rockets should keep the assets they have right now. Wait until February. Maybe try to move either House or Augustine before, you know, before right, Gary right. Bird's um, days are up for the G League. <laughs> other than that, like, they should stay quiet until right before the deadline, which yeah. is still too much. So what's your – give me an ideal trade target for a guy like Eric Gordon. What are you looking at? For I'm saying guy? this, and I'm – I want to put a veto on on trade talks right now because I'd rather talk about things that matter today. Okay. And you know, because we're gonna have this conversation 10, 15, 20 more times before anything actually happens. I'd rather talk about things that matter today, and okay. and rather talk to people that are wanting to talk about today's game because today we I the thing is I I hate where the Rockets fans are right now. I hate this part of Rockets Underground. I'm kind of just going off on the tangent a little bit, but like the Rockets won seven games in a row. And like, yes, like it doesn't mean any, like they're still a bad team and the record shows it. But like the first half of the show, we were so excited about this team. And now we're talking about trading these guys. Like Christian Wood had is playing like the best basketball of his career. And all guys want to talk about is how much we can get for him. Like, why can't we just enjoy the fact that we have him, you know? I'm with – no, dude, I'm Or enjoy you. the fact that we have Eric Gordon right now. Or enjoy well, the fact that we have – like, that's what we should be, wor- like, focused on, I think, personally. But it, but it does tie into – you have to talk about this at this point. My opinion is because a guy like Eric Gordon, while he's playing really, really well – all he's doing is slowing down the development of other guys and taking up minutes that should be going to other guys. Well, that's a, he, that's a legitimate. He kicked himself out of the game tonight because right. he wanted Josh Christopher to play. So I think that was totally fine. But that's why I'm saying that's why it's, <laughs> in my opinion, it's okay to make that a part of the conversation to get a gauge on where you and I are with our expectations for what you would want in a package for an Eric Gordon. I totally agree with you. Tonight was was fun. Like tonight was flat out fun. Whether you were at the game, the crowd was popping and good for the crowd for booing the hell out of James Harden at the beginning. I thought that was fantastic um, because he deserves it. But and then they moved on. They didn't do it the rest of the game. But the fact is, is that tonight the Rockets showed that Silas, in my opinion, the right guy for the job moving forward. Awesome. You did this in front of legends in the building. You know, Dream was there. Andre Johnson was there. Elvin Hayes was there. Tillman was there. You know, I would like, think Tillman's a legend. But no, but you know, but you know what I mean. Like Tillman's there every game. You, but you had the important brass were there tonight, and they saw a guy like Josh Christopher do his thing. Yes, that's, that's what matters tonight. You know, not it's in, not, not uh, let's trade with Indiana. Let's well, I mean, I, I would still take players off of Indiana, but that's besides. Well, yeah, I would take I would take James Harden back if I could. But we can't. Uh, yeah. Yes, James Harden makes this team better. We talked about it in the last. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'm just kidding. All I'm right, let's let's bring Adam up. Maybe Adam can break this tangent that we're going on. Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? What's up, Adam? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Um, fantastic. Do you have anything that we can talk about that isn't trade related? 
Yeah, regarding the game, I, I just I love the stability that DJ Augustine brought to the game, especially closing out closing out the fourth quarter after uh, Eric Gordon got ejected. And it's uh, you know, I, I, Eric Gordon's been playing great, but I definitely I definitely hope that um, in in their kind of absence, KPJ Jalen Green, they're kind of they're learning something from just how some of these games are being closed out by the Rockets and taking the good and the bad and, and kind of learning from players like DJ Augustine about how to kind of you know, close out these games after kind of they play so well for three and a half quarters. There's definitely a lot of chaos that comes with Eric Gordon at the end of games. That is not his fault. He's, he's, he's a, you know, he's an, you know, he's a, he's a scorer. He's not a point guard, right? We're, forcing or pigeonholing him in that, in that, in that, in that role, because that's what we need him to do. Plus we need to kind of maintain some semblance of scoring to keep up with the other team. But um, I, I really like DJ Augustine's contribution. And I, I would be sad to see him go, to be quite honest. I, I think, and I, and maybe he's in a, maybe he's in a place in his career where, you know, you know, the next two, two, two or three seasons, you know, he wouldn't mind just being kind of a playing kind of a leadership role and helping KPJ and, and, you know, whatever other backup point guard, you know, they have to kind of grow and kind of be a kind of a, a, a completely homeless person's Chris Paul in a way, but without a lot of the skill sets that go with it. Be interested in your kind of yeah. thought on that. I think that's another thing, Jeremy, you and I haven't talked about tonight. Another really cool aspect of him playing as well as he did is that he's playing in his hometown. Like he's, you know, he moved here after Katrina. I would love DJ Augustine to be a part of this team for the next two years. I don't want to trade DJ Augustine. Yeah, I think with DJ um, and, and to be honest, like Eric Gordon getting ejected really kind of gave DJ those minutes at the end because yeah. it, it kind of forced it kind of forced Silas to kind of go for a different guard. And, and I mean, it kept Christopher in the game, but I mean, if, if EG had been ejected, would Josh Christopher have stayed in the game? Probably okay. considering how great he was playing. Um, but yeah, it gave, it, it opened the door for DJ to play those late minutes and the Rockets definitely needed him on the court during those minutes. And I wouldn't be opposed to keeping DJ Augustine, but at the same time, uh, we do need to keep in mind that Augustine while, you know, he did have those years in Orlando where he was kind of playing that role, where he was kind of like this leader guy. Um, and so I don't think he's like he minds playing that role. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, D.J. Augustine, the reason why he was out there at the end is because Kevin Porter was hurt. Jalen Green was hurt. Eric Gordon got ejected. Like it took three guys for him to to get late minutes um, because three guys couldn't be out there. So. I don't like DJ Augustine's importance to the team was high tonight, but in the future of the season, it, it's not as important that DJ Augustine stays. And I think the Rockets need to, you know, keep in mind, like, you know, DJ Augustine, they got in like, as like a throw in, in the PJ trade. Um, and he's, he's played, he's been good for the Rockets. He's been, he's been very good for the Rockets on, on nights like these, but uh, they definitely need to listen to offers for him. And then the Rockets should listen to offers for a lot of those guys. Every veteran on this roster, they should definitely listen to. But maybe they do hold DJ Augustine in a bit of a higher regard because 
of the role that he plays off of the court versus like like guys like Eric Gordon, uh, Daniel House, though like those two guys like they want they're probably going to want to play for a contender. And I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Augustine does either. I mean, look, the team that he played for last season won the championship. And maybe there is a little bit of FOMO that he has. I don't know. We we haven't talked to DJ Augustine and asked him. The only person that really knows about that is DJ Augustine and how he feels about that. But I think that the Rockets should keep in mind, you know, he does bring a lot of value to the team and not just on the court. So they need when they evaluate him and and think, well, is this package worth you know, parting ways to Augustine, I think they're going to have to really, really consider not just the on-the-court stuff, but the off-the-court stuff as well. And and speaking of off-the-court, you mentioned Kevin Porter and Jalen Green, and I do think that they will gain something from sitting on the bench and, and watching, you know, watching these clutch moments. Uh, because you look at what Kevin Porter did in his two games that he was out the first time he uh, screwed up his thigh. And the next couple of games after that, you saw him play a lot more soundly. And you saw him play a lot more uh, smart, basically a different player almost. Um, so I do think that Kevin Porter will definitely be there. And, and Jalen Green, I'm sure as well, is definitely soaking up all of this knowledge that he's getting just by watching the game. You know, I think getting to play the game, you definitely get a sense of development, but also watching it live, going through practices, seeing it all play out right in front of you without you having to make the decisions that go along with the game, I think is, is incredibly valuable. And I think they will benefit from this time off, even though the Rockets would love to have them back on the court. Um, you know, they will benefit from, you know, getting some time off and, and then when they return, I think they'll play a lot smarter than they were before. But any last takes Adam before we uh, hit, hit the road? Yeah, real quick. I I may be a little over my skis on on this, but if Eric Gordon keeps playing this way, I I think it's possible that we might be able to get two firsts for him. I know know I've I've mentioned it and it seems excessive, but, you know, with the players that were signed this offseason, a lot of them will be eligible to be traded um, late December, December 25th, around that point. I think uh, I, I think there might be an arms race for somebody that is truly a two-way player, you know, somebody that can, you know, that's, that excels on defense, one, you know, playing one, you know, you know, positions playing against one positions, one to three, and is, is really volatile offensively. That is eight minutes willing to come off the bench can kind of substitute for you in your, in your starting lineup. I can definitely see a number of teams that even would just want to get Eric Gordon. just So maybe, you know, two or three of the other true competitive, you know, true, true, championship contenders couldn't get their hands on them, um, especially in the Western conference. Um, but I, I, and in the last point, um, you know, I know you got other, other callers here. Um, I, the other kind of thing I didn't mention about DJ Augustine, I have a little bit of a concern with just the, I'd be really interested to get some insight into what the, the inner team dynamics are. If you kind of remember back to the Harden Dwight Howard rockets, there were definitely, kind of a click around Harden and a click around Dwight Howard. And back then, I, I think one, one player really stands out from, to me, KJ McDaniels. He was kind of in that Dwight Howard click. And I think that may have derailed his career a little bit. I I, I think there's, uh, so I'm a, I, I, I say that to the current Rockets team in, in the sense that I'm a little worried about 
is Jalen Green getting a little too close to John Wall? Like a player, a player like KPJ, I think he 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 played with John Wall last year. He's not really buying into that BS. You know, he doesn't hold him in high esteem. You know, he's just playing his game. He's he's trying to he's trying to create and carve out a career for himself. I'm a little worried. I'd be a little worried if Jalen Green is listening to John Wall more than he's listening to Eric Gordon, others. And I say that, and, you know, you can take it for what it is, but in some of these post-game interviews, especially with Eric Gordon, you ask Eric Gordon a question about Shingun, he he just, he he heaps on the praise for him, you know? You, got, you kind of ask him, he doesn't necessarily say Jalen Green, but you kind of get a sense that Eric Gordon doesn't have a huge amount of respect for Jalen Green yet. And he's learning, obviously, but in, Eric Gordon wants to win still and be competitive. But I hope that the Rockets coaching staff and and other kind of leadership is really kind of helping Jalen Green gravitate towards the right players on the team and not and not and, that, and that's also a kind of a point of why DJ Augustine's good, good for this team, because I would rather him listen to DJ Augustine than John Wall and kind of have that influence him. And, and I hope when he comes back, Jalen Green, he can really, he can take a lot of these lessons. You know, the first 10 games for Jalen Green coming back will tell me a lot about how I feel about his development. That That's interesting. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Yeah, that's, that, there's a lot there. Yeah, right we're about here. to close the show, but I don't think we can close the show like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to take that or if you want me um, to. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Here's the thing about uh, post-game interviews. Um, you know, it's – because I know exactly what he's saying about Gordon with Shingun, uh, because he was asked that. And I think that it's – you know, that's important. Like, players can only answer the questions they've been asked. So, like, if Eric Gordon is talking about Alper and Shingun because he's asked about it, you know, yeah, and, and you'll see his face kind of light up. About it, because I remember when that when that question was asked to him, and I think that was during the losing streak. Um, but in terms of clicks, I think the team is the click. The team the team seems like they're getting really close. You know, keep in mind like Jalen Green and Josh Christopher were buddies before. Uh, you see how Alper and Shangun and KJ Martin are kind of buddying up, and and I think that all the young guys are all kind of coming into this together, and I think they're all kind of growing together i wouldn't look too much into it with the Jalen green and john wall stuff i uh, like also we're assuming that like adam made the assumption that uh john wall was a bad influence and i don't think there is really evidence to prove that um Mm -hmm. you know i don't think that like john wall is bad for Jalen green's development i i don't think so at all um you know i could i could see it though i i yeah, but that, but like but like Mike, you're you're basing that off of like what like Adam of Adam bringing that up as a possibility. But there's no like because the thing is with John Wall is Rockets fans are inclined to have a negative perception of John Wall because he is who we got like he was who was left to clean up the James Harden mess and he did a terrible job. But also anyone who is in John Wall's position would have done a terrible job. John Wall is not as popular amongst Rockets fans because of the shitty hand he was dealt when he got here. And so I think that it's, it's unfair to say that John Wall is a negative influence when we have zero to really go off of other than, you know, Eric Gordon praising 
Alperin Sengun a little bit more than Jalen Green. You know, but it's not that though. It's not that. That's not what I'm basing it off of. I'm basing it off of the way John Wall is handled this season. So I can see what Adam and why he's bringing it up. I'm not ready to go that far, but I get what he's saying though. Like the way John John Wall is handled this season has been. I mean, I don't know how you would describe it. Stupid. But Mike, that's uh, that's like that's, not fair that, to his teammates. I hate to say this, Mike, but like you're you're basing this off of like your your opinion isn't very well and like you've only been given such a small snippet of the story. Uh, I've seen that. I feel like I feel like you're not like, and this is not mean to like come at you or anything because I feel the same way about myself. Is I don't feel like we have enough information to really comment on this story and to really say, you know, like, oh, John Wall is, you know, doing this correctly or John Wall is doing this incorrectly. Um, you know, it, so we can't from, judge what he's putting on his social media. He himself that he, wants he has to play. put out. No, I get that, but what? So, okay, I'm basing it off that. I'm not basing it off of any internal conversations he's had with the team. I'm basing it on what he has said. And what you just said is he wants to play. Get that. Totally understand that. What he's doing, though, is that he is showing, once again, that he is selfish. He wants to play his way. He has no, he has no inclination to play team-first basketball. None whatsoever. That's what I think Adam is saying is that who should a guy like Josh Christopher be looking at or Jalen Green be looking at as to how to be an ideal teammate. And I would say I would be looking at guys like Eric Gordon and DJ Augustine well before I would look at John Wall. That's where I think Adam was coming from. And I get that. I can yeah, totally, that align. I that can totally align with that. I want the best for anybody that plays the game of basketball, unless you do something that's just totally you, you being an a-hole. John Wall, though, I'm not talking about last year. This year, that's where my mindset with it with him has been all year. I want him gone from this roster as soon as possible. I don't even care how it happens. So, yeah, but also, but like, but like, the thing is, we don't have any evidence that John Wall is like. I guess yes. In in what you just said, that is a negative. Um, that is negative when you add up all the things about John Wall. Um, and, and the, the things that are kind of pointing that way, but Jalen green, like commenting on his social media or like, or like ask, like putting free, free him on his IG story. That to me doesn't show enough that, Oh, Jalen green is on team John wall. And he's gravitating towards the wrong crowd on this Rockets team. Like they could just be good friends because they've been hanging out every day since uh, the end of July when he was drafted or, you know, since, you know, training camp in September, you know, guys grow close on this team. And I don't, I think with the way they're, they're playing right now, at least the guys on the court, you know, that is, you know, I think they're playing just fine. The chemistry is there for sure. And it's only going to grow. And in terms of John Wall, him expressing his desire to play, it started when the Rockets started winning again. And John Wall is seeing a winning product on the floor, and he wants to be a part of it. And he wants to be the guy because I think he feels like, yes, the Rockets have won all these games. They've played really well. 
but he's probably like, imagine how much better they can be if I'm out there because I'm the $90 million man. I'm John Wall. I'm the former All-Star. None of these guys have been in the All-Star game. I have. And I think that, you know, maybe there is a sense of, you know, because look, I mean, when you're paid as much money as John Wall is, you do have, you know, and this isn't a bad thing, but, you know, you, you feel this confidence about yourself. I wouldn't want to say like ego, but because because I feel like ego has a negative connotation, but we all have egos at the end of the day. They're just of, of different, you know, in but it can also be looked at and arrogance. And sizes. Right. It can also be looked at as arrogance. Yes. And that's, and, and, and that's the thing is I and that's where I don't want to go is I don't want to immediately say a guy is arrogant with knowing just a little bit of the story. And I think that's sure, maybe sure. what I was hung up on. And maybe I hung up a little too much on, but uh, I'm glad that you understood the point Mike and was able to translate it for me. So uh, thank you for that, Mike. Thank you um, to Adam for that kind of interesting end to the show there. But I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake SBN. Thank you to our huge live audience here on Spotify green room. We appreciate the love, especially after a fun win like this one, it makes the podcast that much better. Um, and yeah, be sure to head to the dreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can also um, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take until next time. Go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.